Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hostel Road Trip Podcast, the podcast that literally takes its show on the road. Listen in as James Black and Bobby Dyer, owners of International Traveler's House Hostels, travel around the country to learn about these great locations and incredible people that come together to provide a unique and exciting experience for travelers from all over the world. Welcome back to the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. We are here in a special edition at the American Hostel Conference with the first ever hostel in Milwaukee, soon to be open, called the Cream City Hostel. Very happy to be here. Karen Wendy, yes? Hi. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Bob Dyer from ITH Hostels. Yeah, thanks for coming, ladies. And I'm going to give a shout out to Mark Needham, our audio man behind the scenes. Hi guys. Oh, a rare presence. <laughs> so we are excited to be here with you gals because you were here at the first American Hostel Conference. I was. And as we were talking about in the previous episode with Vicki, the founder, it is very inspiring to see aspiring hostel owners come to this conference and continue to plug away at the challenges of opening up. And we've seen people come back from the first year that have actually opened up. So first we want to talk a bit about the struggles you've had so that you can empower some other people that have gone through them mm -hmm. and uh, encourage them not to give up. So what were some of the bigger challenges in opening up the first ever hostel in Milwaukee? Um, so like many hostels, it's zoning and permits. Mm -hmm. When you don't follow a model that is not a traditional hotel, and you're not a rooming house, and you're not a bed and breakfast, they don't know what box to put you in. Very true, And very true. so it's being persistent and working with city planners, not giving up, yeah. being patient, sure. which is difficult when you just want to open and yeah. you it's mean frustrating. Yeah. your livelihood's on the yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. You have to spend a lot of money to get there. Yeah. And finding the right team. You know, like a lot of, you know, finding your architect and your developer and your designer and your, you know, if you have a general contractor doing construction work and making sure that they get it. Yeah. And if they don't, knowing to let them go and find someone else. And so that's been some of the biggest challenges. And I've been at it for six years. I, that's wow. one of the cool stories about you is that it has been such a long struggle. I remember you talking about it last year. So so happy to see you here this year. Mm -hmm. And now you are at the end of this struggle. The light is at the end of the tunnel. You have an opening date projected for June Correct. 2019. And we are just so happy for you that this is going about. And we're going to talk more about your actual building that you found. But was this the first building? Or how many buildings did you go through? Um, I've physically walked through five. Okay. The first one that we were pursuing the hostel to be in, in the Walker's Point neighborhood in Milwaukee, we were turned down by the Board of Zoning Appeals. Uh, um, we were doing a bread and breakfast with some variances, yeah. and we were told we needed to go after a hotel. Uh, so we had about 55 letters of support and two letters of opposition. And that's all it takes. Yep. Right? It just takes those two letters. Uh, like a hung jury, yeah? yeah. So that building didn't happen, which I'm glad it didn't, because the new building is a much better fit. Oh, great. Um, so, like, I guess, like, one of my pieces of ice is even through its, like, it's long the journey, when it does happen, it'll be for the better of it. Sometimes not having something happen is good. 
Yes. Because yeah. then that other door might have not opened. So important for listeners out there in the same uh, predicament that you're yeah. in, and same one that we were in. We went through a lot of buildings. Five as well. Yeah. Yep. And there's some, so there's close. still one in my brain that is still currently a rooming house that, yeah. you know, of course I'm thinking of like the next building. If you expand, yeah. And that would be definitely one that I would like, would love to be in. Yeah. And I've toured it, but it just wasn't the right timing. The price wasn't right. Yeah. So this is like about the fifth building I've toured through and probably about a good 20 I've looked at. Nice, nice, yeah. It's just like finding that perfect magic sauce, I think is what we keep calling it. Yeah, yeah, and it takes time and it has, you have to have patience and resilience, but last year you were here by yourself. Correct. So, Miss Wendy. Hi. How, how did you find yourself in this project? When did you jump on board? Um, just over a year ago, right before the conference, Carolyn approached me um, as... The developer was getting on board, the building was for sale, um, and I think she definitely recognized that it wasn't a solo effort. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going yeah. Into a partner. Yeah, and so we had worked together on um, a couple different things organizing, mainly yeah. the River West 24 mm-hmm. bike race that we were okay. chatting about before. So we both know each other's organizing styles, and I didn't have a project on my plate at the time. Oh, right. so and I know Wendy's always up for a project. Right. <laughs> I am always so up. So you had worked together prior, that's great. Yeah. Now, when, how, what was your exposure to hostels? Been in one before? Um, I had not been in one before. Ooh. I mean, I definitely was aware of them okay. and okay with, you know what I mean, more than okay with it and was yeah. supportive of Carolyn's uh, journey the six years previous. You know, we were all rooting for it to happen in yeah. the city. Um, and uh, I think the main thing that really grabbed me was the chance to host more and to show off the city more and um the neighborhood more too yeah in the neighborhood i love my neighborhood are you both milwaukee natives both i'm not milwaukee native wendy is yeah um i'm chicago land chicago i live in midwest my entire life yeah okay i've been uh Hanging out in the neighborhood that the hostel's in um, for, since I was 15. Oh, okay. Um, so you know it well. But I grew up in the suburbs, so I always say that I grew up in the burbs because my friends that were from the city would... Would let you say Well, no. They yeah. wouldn't let me say it in front of the city. I, 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 I like it. I like so, and I've been there about 15 years okay. in that neighborhood specifically. Now, Carol, what made you kind of the, the mastermind and the pioneer of the project? What made you drawn to hostels? Uh, bicycle rickshawing, actually. Ah. So when I graduated from college, which was the height of the recession, um, I couldn't find a job because what do you do when you have a master in library science degree and you graduate from college in the height of the recession? Uh, that's tough, right? uh, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, and so I took on, I was really into the world of cycling, and so I started bicycle rickshawing in the pedicabs ah. through Milwaukee um, for four months. And that's how I earned my entire income for four months, was pedaling people around downtown Milwaukee. And so I got to know the conference schedule, because I would go after the conferences, and a lot of people kept asking me for a hostel. And I've stayed at several hostels before, that's how I preferred to travel since I was 19. And I was like, huh, we don't have one. There you go. I need something, I like projects. Okay. Apparently, I like difficult projects. <laughs> um, and so I started getting that idea in my head, and I started, you know, I was frustrated with the job market. I want, I get bored 
really easily. Um, anybody knows me, I usually have something up my sleeve that I want to do. And I was like, I'll start a hostel. That would be great. I'll start a hostel and a bike shop at the same time. Uh, that sounds good with that. <laughs> and then I got talked down and said, you can only start one business at a time. <laughs> so I started a bike shop in the meanwhile. Cool. So that bicycle pedicabbing tourist around is a really good way of getting your market research. That's very true. Because you, you get to talk to them for yeah. like yeah. 20 minutes. Did you have any hostels that you stayed at previously that really inspired you, that um, made you fall in love? I stayed at Green Tortoise in San Fran. That was oh, my wow. first one. It's pretty well. classic. That's a good one. That one introduced me to Two Buck Chuck. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That was before we had Trader Joe's in Wisconsin. Yeah, okay, so, man. Um, so I was there for a, almost a week. I actually took the train out there and trained back. Oh. So I really, and then it was during Burning Man time, so I ran into a bunch of Burning Man people oh, who told me all more about hostels. I've heard they had a great afterburn party. Yeah. At the Green Tortoise. I really, I yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, I actually stayed in Seattle one okay. this year, so it was a nice complimentary back-to-back. Cool. Um, -back. And then I've stayed in New York. Um, I can't remember which one. I think they closed. Um, and I think I've stayed at about five or six. I mostly have stayed in U.S. ones, but I've also stayed at ones in India cool. when I was traveling there. And so most of my hostel experience is actually the opposite of most people. Is I've actually stayed mostly in American hostels. That is unique. Yeah. Versus European or international hostels. Cool. And every one I've stayed at, I love it. I love solo traveling. And it's really hard as a solo traveler, traveler especially female traveler, to feel comfortable going into a place and having a place to stay. And I didn't have a lot of money as a college student to allow me to be able to do these epic yeah. spring breaks. Nice. Yeah, yeah, spread that dollar. Yeah. Now, so the search has gone on for six years, but now we've finally found the building. Correct. And we've got the name Cream City. Let's start there. What is the origin of the name Cream City Hostel? We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. We're taking a moment now to talk about a great service called worldpackers.com. Worldpackers.com is actually how I got my start with the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. Worldpackers is a great service that connects travelers looking for a place to stay in a new city with the hostels who need their skills. You could do anything from house cleaning to reception to media and marketing and so much more. With a reasonable fee of $50 a year and a little bit of courage, you could find yourself anywhere in the world. For more information, just go find Grandpa Carlos surfing on the West Coast somewhere between California and Mexico. If you're having trouble finding him this way, he might be taking a siesta on his surfboard. If that's the case, scream to the heavens, Grandpa Carlos, we need you, and he'll be sure to answer the call. But if all else fails, just check out worldpackers.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-P-A-C-K-E-R-S.com. And now, we bring you back to your regularly scheduled program. You want to describe the brick? Um, so, Cream City Brick, it was a ubiquitous uh, building material in Milwaukee when okay. Milwaukee was first being built. Um, all right. And uh, specifically in our neighborhood, you'll have what is, um, we call them Polish flats. They were single family homes that mainly the Polish immigrants would make. And then when the mother-in-law would come or their brother's family would come, they would hike up the house and build like a half floor over the basement mm -hmm. and have a little apartment downstairs. And they're all yeah. Cream City brick. So the, the, the uh, clay material around the Milwaukee mm -hmm. River specifically creates this white color 
cream brick. So it's a white brick. It's a yeah. white brick. And uh, it's specifically to that region of the Milwaukee River. Uh, and they eventually ran out of building material. So um, all of downtown Milwaukee is also filled with cream city brick. To, and it, a lot of it you don't see cream anymore because they had coal fired um, power, right? Oh, and so, so a lot of them are black smug, but if you clean it up, it's actually all cream, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and so it's a, um, it's just a really unique brick to Milwaukee because it's very specific to the soil in our area. Does the hostel have? Is it made out of the cream? The entire oh, yeah. the building entire is made out of cream city brick on the oh, outside. Wow. It's oh, a, okay. The building was built in 1910, nice. and it was a Holton State... Holton Street State Bank. Bank. Which is a locally for, owned bank. Okay. For 70 years? Yeah. Then it was closed for a while, and then the Milwaukee Public School System opened a Head Start. The old program in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Gotcha. And then okay. they put in a working elevator, gutted it, opened up the classrooms. So most of the the bank is gone. Like anything yeah. that was originally 1910s is... Do you have a big safe in there anymore, a big vault? They took it out. Oh, yeah. that would yeah. have been fun. It's a mechanical room now. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, tell us a bit about the building. What is the, the layout going to be? How many rooms do you think you'll have, occupancy? What's the flow going to be like? Um, so, we have three floors. Yeah. We have a half basement, meaning that it's like half windows, so gotcha. it's still a lot of light coming in. Um, there are going to be a staff room down there, the couchy hangout area, and then a common kitchen, and then table dining area. And a local furniture maker, um, Chris Brooks. Christopher Brooks. Christopher Brooks. He's making the table so they connect and disconnect. Wow. So, and the chairs as well, so that people can either make benches and like community dinner together, or you can break it apart and like create some different layouts. So we're trying to be as module as we can Good to idea. allow the guests to move the space to how they need the space to work for them. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and That's then, because cool. it changes depending on who stays. It's true. It's true. Um, you might have people who are like, I want to hang out with everybody. And you might have people going, I just want to hang out with the four people over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the upstairs will be the reception area. Um, and then Coast End Bikes will have a small presence there doing the bike rentals and the events and a small mechanic bench area for people to, who are bringing their bikes and stuff via bike lights. Nice. Um, and then we'll have... Four, three rooms on the floor? Yeah, three two rooms. eight beds, one. Yes, two, six. two eight bed dorms and one six bed dorm on the on the first floor. And the second floor will have our two private rooms, a quieter, like okay. workspace common area. Smart, yeah. Um, and then two 12 bed dorms and a four bed dorm. Correct. And the four bed we want to do advertise a little more as family friendly. Okay. Particularly since it's on the second floor. And what's cool about the six and four bed is they're going to be. There's the bigger dormitory rooms, and then there's the dormitory-style bathroom, and then it's that room. Ah. So they should be a little bit more noise-protected from the other rooms. Right. So and then we have two privates So about as well. 50? 52 beds. 52. Yeah. That's a great size. That's perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Now, before we jump into your interesting crowdfunding strategy, what about a bit more on this outdoor area? Oh, our yard. Twi the twice yard. or three times as big as the... the foot four. Four yeah. times. The footprint is at least three times of, of the building. Which is so rare in an urban hostel because usually one of the biggest uh, 
problems you struggle with, you don't have any outdoor space. Yeah. yeah. We have a ridiculous amount of outdoor space. <laughs> we are trying, if we could move some of it in the building. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so important, so great to have, you know, a barbecue. It really brings everyone together in yeah. a good outdoor space. So what's unique about this yard is that it's been fenced off for a good over 15 years, and before that the school used it. So the neighborhood has never been able to access this space. Ah. And it's about half a city block. It's wow. pretty large. And so we want to open it up to the neighborhood. That's we want to create events where the the hostel guests and the neighborhood can mingle together. Yeah. So people can see what the hostel is. It's not just this building with people are staying inside of it, going in and out. It's coming over and having like maker markets where you can, or having a food truck out there that nice. so great for the word of mouth in the community you know right. people's having, friends visit they have a movie them. night where yeah. you watch like et and yeah. then and on the same time you have like the neighborhood um kids playing out in the playground equipment that is so still there keep that there nice Right now we don't have to take it out. We'll see what the yeah. insurance. Yeah. Keeps yeah, 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 and that way, yeah, yeah. The jungle gym. With I don't know. People. Remember the playground equipment from the eighties, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, we Was both know a bunch of um, event coordinators and <laughs> and um, uh, oh my, can I think of the band bookers? A, yeah. lot, a lot of the we venues in the neighborhood. And so awesome. and one of the things I w I bartended at a bar that does tons and tons of bands um, for almost ten, nine years. And we're always scrambling to find places for them to stay. So we're really hoping to work out a good deal where yeah, let your band stay with us, we'll give them the four bed dorm. Yeah. They play an acoustic show in the yard on right. Sunday nice afternoon. Nice system. That's yeah. open like to that. the community to come in, mm -hmm. have a, a cool That's so show. important with the community relations because the hostile word has a bad stigma as we mm -hmm. all know we talk about. So. That's a great way to quickly overcome it by bringing your community into your space for beneficial events so that they look at your hostel as a great addition to the community and not something that's going to bring any type of bad mojo or bad crowd to it. So smart move there for sure. Now with this building purchase, you purchased it, which is great. A lot of hostels find well, themselves. Well, the investors purchased it. Well, the investors purchased it. So how did you structure this? Because that's always a big question for listeners out there that are starting up or trying to get going. And a triple net lease is very scary. Purchasing a building is very scary. Right. And then there's a lot of creative ways that you can structure this, though, that make it so it's safe for you and beneficial for investors. How did you all do it? Um, so when I got the idea to start a hostel in Milwaukee, I contacted our local visitors bureau, uh, Visit Milwaukee, and they connected me with this woman named Julie Kaufman. And we had coffee together at a local coffee shop. And she's like, she does business a little differently as a developer. She does what's called a Main Street model, which is where she purchases buildings and develops them to businesses that approve a neighborhood for what the neighborhood needs that would create more economic growth. Okay. So rather than just popping another Hilton down, you know, yeah. she sees having a hostel that is neighborhood focused is going to bring more of a neighborhood. And this, like a neighborhood and develop the commerce. Awesome. Yeah, make the community this. stronger. Yeah. Correct. It's a community-based development model. That's so nice. cool. There's a lot of other words in her description that I'm yeah. not quite community, remembering right community now. Community-based is good. And she <laughs> usually tries to have, I mean, a lot of her other development, she has more than one business in it, but at least one anchor business, and the development is built around. Yeah. Awesome. So she doesn't just like 
rehab a building and then go looking for tenants. Gotcha. She works with them she, during it. So we're working, like we're making decisions hand in hand with the developer. What toilets, and what sinks, and what showers, and what do we want for flooring? What do we want the walls to be painted? Like even through we're the tenant, and she's the developer and all of the funding. So she is the funding. So yeah, so she's the funding. We still get a lot of decisions as a tenant, which is interesting. Yeah, a, a little so, bit of artistic freedom. Yeah. Right. So she's the manager of the of Riverby Development, which is the okay. development group. Okay. Um, half of the investment money came through equity investment, which she uh, for every of the, all the projects that I know that she's worked on, she continued this with mm -hmm. us, where the neighborhood and the community members can invest in it. The minimum investment in the equity side was $1,000. Um, and then up to 10000 and beyond that, you had to prove you were a vested investor. Yeah. Those weren't any There's of like our some requirements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we had 50 investors uh, in the equity cool. of the building. Um, the other half was about dead. 15 to At least 15 or 20 of them are in our neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so and they're investing in, in their community. Literally, like, three doors down mm -hmm. is an investor. Nice. Um, and so it's through a uh, community. It's there's a she started in Milwaukee called uh, it's called Fund Milwaukee, and the way it works is it's crowdsourcing local investment dollars. So uh, my bike shop has also gone through them as well. Okay. And so you you pitch to them and you say I want to raise a million dollars. Yeah. I want to do half equity, half debt. Here's my perks that I will offer you. This is what interest you will get. This is your return on your investment, and you'll get a free stay once a year or something so if you want to offer a little perk. And then they literally just hand you separate checks. And what's great about her um, as a developer, she's taking all of that. It's all going into her umbrella, Riverby LLC. Cream City Hostels, the tenant, and then we're leasing the building and all of the initial startup for it, including the furniture, the website, everything that we need to succeed. Mm -hmm. And then we're bringing in a little bit on our it's own a, as yeah. well. It's a model that goes, that helps build up um, entrepreneurs that traditional lending sources aren't gonna fund. Thanks again for listening to the Hostel Road Trip podcast with us. We wanna take a second to talk about one of our sponsors that keeps the road trip alive. That is the International Traveler's House Hostels, located in San Diego at three locations, Big Bear Lake, and Newport, Rhode Island. International Traveler's House provides a unique experience at each one of their locations with great staff, great food, and tons of connections to the local community so that you can have a great time vacationing, traveling through, or staying for a while. If you want more information on ITH, check out ithhostels.com to check out videos, pictures, blogs, and direct booking to our locations. Thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoy the conclusion of this episode. So even just if the building was already there and everything, all we had to do was buy some bunk beds and sheets and like yeah. the computers and stuff, our bank still wasn't gonna give Carolyn and I, cut us a check. Sure. So um, it gives us the chance, the goal is in five years to be in a place to purchase the building from the development group. That was my question. Is there yes. a point where you can own it yeah. Okay. And that's part of her in the lease and conversations with her, we're building that in. So you've got a kind of a lease to own option yeah. within an investment structure. Yeah. Without at least money going toward the yeah. owning, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. And I think that highlights that there are so many creative ways 
that you can structure the funding for these projects. And it's very easy for people to get discouraged, they get thrown out of the bank, or they see the number and the money they're going to need, and they say, screw it, I don't want to do it. But you, if you stay at it and you get creative, there are people out there that will invest privately mm -hmm. uh, to make it happen for you. So that's really cool to see that you gals were able to do that. I would love to, honestly, I personally would love to see it develop within the hostel community mm -hmm. after experiencing what this could do now. Like, I would much rather invest my 401k money into people who are in my own industry. Oh, that's cool. You know, like I'd say, hey, you're starting this great hostel, right, Jimmy? And yeah. like, you know, I, I got $2,000 in the bank right now. Yeah. Could I get like Could a 5% interest on that? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, that starts, we can build up our own industry off of that. Industry off yeah. of ourselves. Yeah, and grassroots in a way. Exactly. It's like I the like Packers that. we were talking about. And like the Packers. Yeah, yeah. people own the Packers. Wisconsin. Right? It's very Wisconsin idea. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. What do you think in Milwaukee your price range will be for a bunk? You know, I know you have high season, low season, different yeah. things, but just kind of ballpark. How is that in your projections? Are we at, we're at 27 to 70. Correct. From the 12 bunk room to the private room. Depending and on that, the season. Yeah, depending on the season. Um, and then I think we're addition, like additional people in the private room. Correct. And 10, 15 bucks a person. Because you can easily sleep three cool. in our private rooms. And we're looking at like... You know, for like people who are truly like bike tourists, for example, who are truly camping, we do have a lot of outside space. That's a good idea. So there is potential possibility people could camp in the backyard for additional like $15, yeah. which, you know, we still have to figure out sure. where they go. Yeah. <laughs> but like we have a fair amount of pads for sure. Yeah. But it is our yard. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Like you we can could. generate some revenues. Now, tell us more about for the listeners that could come and visit Milwaukee and now knowing that there will be a hostel there this summer and I remember Carolyn just from talking with you about the summer in Milwaukee and how fun it is and all the events. We live it up. I remember you were telling me that pretty much from like the spring or late spring through the fall there's an event like every weekend. Yeah, yeah we don't stop. Yeah. No. When the weather's there, <laughs> the you party. go. The keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the cool events in Milwaukee that a potential backpacker would want to stop in for? I mean, Summerfest is probably the most well-known one. Biggest one, one yeah. yeah. City of Festivals is what they, you know, the, oh. the grounds that the Summerfest is on, the Henry Meyer Festival grounds. Um, almost every weekend during the summer, there's some sort of ethnic festival. It starts around or, June yeah. and it keeps going Pride Fest there. kicks it off, and then Indian Summer ends it. Correct. Um, and German Fest now. and... The yeah. new UWM one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's huge, and that brings in tons of people. Um, Every five years, so we're a few years away from needing to prepare for Harley Fest oh, yeah. anniversary. Harley, yeah. Harley yeah. Fest, yeah. Oh, yeah, start, starting the 90th anniversary, so like 20-ish years ago, they, they've ramped it up <laughs> oh. every five years. Um, There's a lot of conventions as well. Mm -hmm. um, nice. as they're actually expanding our convention center to be even bigger, um, and because it's not quite as big. We're smaller in Chicago, smaller than like a lot of the other major cities, but still a major city. We're yeah. actually starting to attract a lot of big, like major conventions. That's great. Um, and there's a lot of, and that's actually a lot of fall into winter actually, is because, and we're cheaper than the larger cities for conventions. So uh, we're starting to attract yeah. more of that. You can make good bids to those big conventions. Exactly. Like it. How would you spend uh, the perfect day, would you say, for a guest at your hostel? Like as far as in summertime, if you said I got one day to be here, what what would you tell them to do? Maybe 
daytime and then into a nightlife, maybe your favorite? Yeah. I mean, it depends yeah. on what they're into, but I will probably yeah. be sending a lot of people. We're very, very lucky in our neighborhood to be really close to the river. Um, and there's a couple organizations that have worked tremendously hard the last 15, 20 years, and it looks so much what different. River is this? Milwaukee the Milwaukee River. The Milwaukee River. Yeah. Nice. All right. So once you hit downtown, it's pretty concrete barriered, and like you know, it's pretty, but it's, it is what you it is. But, walk down there now. but yeah. our whole neighbor, our whole neighborhood, it's been um, the native plants have come back. The track. You the, can like be walking along the Milwaukee River, which is less than half a mile away from the hostel okay. and not even know you're in the city. Yeah. Wow. It's really yeah. beautiful. Okay. And there's also the Urban Ecology Center right there so you can rent snowshoes and skis and canoes and... Skis. And they're building a new arboretum. Cross-country skiing. Cross-country skiing. So the river is great. Lakefront. Yeah. Um, lakefront Brewery? Oh, Lakefront oh, the lake. Oh, the lakefront itself, yeah. We have the lake. Um... So getting to one of the bodies of water, I think, is Now, key. but isn't this, you said brewery, isn't this like the original beer town, yeah. though? In yeah, and then there's right? a, like, a ton of breweries yeah. within walking distance, Yeah, they, like, I th- feel like a new one pops up every week. We have four breweries in the neighborhood <laughs> already. Craft beer breweries. All yeah. craft yeah. beer. And then there's also, like, so going out for a night drink is really easy. There's really easy. a... Polish Falcon has one of the oldest bowling alleys in the country. The Falcon Bowl. Oh, yes. Falcon Bowl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fourth oldest continuous bowling alley in the country, I believe, is one of those. Um, I should know my bartender there. That's <laughs> 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 um, looking at you here. I mean, we run the gamut in Milwaukee for styles of bars, that's for sure. And, um, and, and in the neighborhood, too. And then there's like a lot of really good local shows, like a Linneman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. We're, again, we're cheaper than Chicago, right. but we're close enough. Yeah. And so what we have is a lot of bands don't stay in Chicago, they'll come to Milwaukee. And our covers are usually five bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, again, yeah. really affordable. Beers are three to four, maybe five, Nice. you know, for a full 16-ounce pour, you know, like, so you can go out pretty affordably, and that's Milwaukee. Yeah. Awesome. And, like, Lineman's is probably my favorite venue for yeah. sound, um, because he, John, John? Lemon. Yeah, he, Jim. he used to be the sound person for, he used to be sound for Flaming Lips. Oh! Wow. And so they're occasionally perform there still. Betcha. <laughs> All right. And so there's a lot of famous bands that have come out of River West, actually, out of that neighborhood. And there's just a really good, like, if you go out within stumbling blocks, you can find something to do. That's awesome. Sounds like a good time. Now, if you were in Chicago, which is a pretty big backpacker scene, yeah. so this would be a big draw for you. We're definitely looking at... How far yeah, away are we? Two-hour drive, not even. Yeah, not even a two-hour drive. Would you take public transport? Yes. What kind of? Amtrak, oh. Oh, the train. bus. Yep. Oh, all right. Yeah, you can hop on the train. You'll be downtown Milwaukee. Which which line is that? The Chieftain or what? What like Her, the? Uh, Her, Her, Haratha? Hiawatha. Hiawatha. Uh, I Hiawatha can't pronounce line. that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you take the Hiawatha line up from Chicago. We the the new um, trolley system. Yep. Just street opened car. up streetcar yeah. thing, you're not trolley. Uh, the hop just opened, so what you can get on that right there. It'd be one transfer to a bus line. I think that's really place. great because when you are opening up your first, or the first hostel in the city, yeah. one of the first things you think of, what's the next big hostel yeah. city right. that'd be coming from? 
Yeah. So you obviously have a big player in Chicago there. Yeah. Easy been, to get to and from. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I can see that work well. What if they weren't coming from Chicago and they were coming from the other direction? What would be the closest city? Madison has HI Madison. Okay. And so, that's been there for a long time. So that's great. So you could tune in with them mm-hmm. and do some reciprocity and some cross-promoting. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then Minneapolis has Detroit. Yep, Detroit has one. Yeah, Detroit has got a nice hostel scene going yeah. on now, too. Yeah. All right. So Midwest is starting yeah. to represent. Yeah, we got a little Midwest trail going on. Bitchin'. <laughs> now, what about, you know, in, in closing, some of your thoughts that you could share about the American Hostel Conference? Mm-hmm. In your experience, if you came here last year, yep. uh, you've come back again this year, how has it helped you in your progression of kind of closing this deal? Um, so last year when I came back, I think the phrase I said is I found my people. Ah. Like, I've really struggled as a business owner in finding my identity of where I feel comfortable as a business owner. And this is what, you know, I feel like you don't, you don't go into this business unless you love you really have to have the passion. <laughs> you have to really love it. You'd be a little crazy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. you're working uh, a lot of passion hours. Passion is crazy, right? <laughs> um, and when I mean, you look at the numbers, you're definitely not always in it for the money, right? No, you know? no. But, but the numbers are there. You the know? numbers are there, and they're growing, and I think that the property ownership is really Correct. your nest egg. Correct. You know, so if you mm-hmm. can have the comfort uh, that you're maybe not making great money now, but you're kind of your 401k yep. or your security is that this property you own is getting appreciation and value and paid down over the years in equity so you're creating yourself a nice investment there and I think it's definitely the networking and having access to the lovely email list when you're running into code issues and you can email 40 hostel owners operators managers and say what did you do on communal kitchens this doesn't seem okay tell me your story because then it might help our city planners find a box that they're comfortable in and just like being able to, it's like a one-stop shop for networking, nice. you know? And it's really difficult when you're trying to open up something new and you don't have anybody else to talk to you in your city. And yes, you can get, we can get down to Chicago, but they're extremely busy as well. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, I have now all of these ideas of how to design it um, or like plugging ideas you've had. I would like, I want to do this thing in the hostel. And people are like, that would never, nope, I've tried that. Yeah. And or that's a really great idea. Yeah. You should maybe consider doing it from this angle. And yeah. to be able to have that for two days to go back and like either affirm or change what you're going to do or looking at a computer from a back end of, of the PMS system yeah. and getting somebody's perspective who uses it every day versus just a demo from the company is really invaluable. So yeah. yeah, and I, I've seen some of the email chains uh, from you and other people that were aspiring uh, hostel owners from last year, and it, it really does inspire you, even when you're not in the email chain, just to see how open other hostel operators are mm-hmm. with helping yeah. people. It's amazing. Giving the insight of the struggles they've gone through and helping out. So for people listening out there, it's definitely a great value of the American Hostel Conference. If you are looking to do this and you are looking to network with people and get a little bit of extra push, uh, definitely well worth the time. But it is going to be exciting to see you gals open up this operation. We cannot wait to come out and see it in person. It will be uh, exciting to do a full episode at that time, hopefully outside in your beautiful courtyard, mm-hmm. sipping a cold beer Excellent. of Milwaukee's <laughs> finest. Yes. 
figure that out. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time to let us know and listeners know that Milwaukee is going to be on the map. Yeah. Wendy, Carolyn, I'm so happy that you found a partner too. Because right? uh, I, as a person that has a business partner, it really can get you through those tough nights. Yep. Yeah, and struggles. So. Been through, uh, been through a lot with partners. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think this is great. I can feel good energy between you, and I think you're gonna make a great hostel in Milwaukee. Put it Thank on you. the map. Thank All you. right. Well, stay tuned for next episode. We'll be having more special guests come in from the American Hostel Conference on the Hostel Road Trip Podcast.